Good morning, everyone. Lovely to be here with you this morning and sharing with you and just being together. And yes, so um, this morning, if you want to have a title, I call this Storm and Sleep. And it's something that we've talked about for a little while, but I'm going to carry on talking about the story of Jesus and the disciples and Jesus calming the storm. But I just feel like every time I've read this passage and every time we've listened to it, something new, God is speaking to me something new. And in this season right now, I feel like there was something new, even again, something new that I've seen and learned and I wanted to share it with you. And yeah. So let's read the passage in Mark 4 that says, That day when the evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leave the crowd behind. They took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so he was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if you drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and he was completely calm. This is, especially in our house in the last few years, it's a passage that we've read a lot of times, and we know it, but... Yeah, the story itself of Jesus sleeping in a boat while there was a storm going on, it, it still amazes me. I'm like, there's sleep, and there's, you know, even last night, I'm asleep, and Matthew was on duty with our children, but I'm, I'm still, I can still hear them. You know, if something happens, you still hear them. You, you can't be in such a deep sleep, but Jesus says they had to shake him. They had to wake him up. Like, yeah, so, I mean, who's longing for some good sleep, for some good rest? And this morning, I want to focus about the contrast of that, and about how two things that seem completely different can coexist and be true at the same time. Because we are not able to see how two things that seem to contradict each other be true at the same time. How can there be a storm and a good sleep? How can there be a storm and a good restful sleep at the same time? These two things don't seem to go together. If you think of creating the perfect environment for a sleep, I'm pretty sure that nobody in this room will say, oh, a tiny rocking boat in a storm while the water is getting splashed in my face. I mean, for me personally, it would be a very nice tall bed, fluffy duvet, absolute darkness, no screaming outside the door, and maybe 14 hours plus. A girl can dream. But that's what I'm thinking. When I'm thinking of creating an environment for sleep, I'm not thinking, oh, yeah, you know what? Let's go on a lake. And it's, this is not a yacht, you know, like, oh, amazing. Everyone has their own room. This was, so, but Jesus was able in the midst of that to sleep. And how, so I want to look at these two things that are, seem to contradict themselves. How can there be chaos and order at the same time? But if you look at the creation, we can see just that. How can there be War and love at the same time. How, they can, how can there be good and evil at the same time? How can I have good thoughts and not so good thoughts at the same time? How can I have not so good thoughts and still be loved the same? And still be a good person? How can I do this and still be loved? How can I be a good friend and do this? All these things and more do not seem to go together. They seem to cancel each other out rather than both being true. Yeah, 
they are true and they can be true. You can just need to look around and see that all those things and more things that don't seem to be can coexist are both at the same time true. And if I think of Jesus, him himself is a hundred percent human and was a hundred percent divine nature. The things that our human mind cannot understand, in him they are true. I cannot understand how Jesus was human and divine. Because I'm like, if he's human, therefore he wasn't divine and spirit. If he was spirit and divine, therefore he can't be human. But he was both those things at the same time. And the more we read, the more we see that he was. He had the needs, the physical and needs that you and I have. And he had something past that that God placed within him, that he was God. And we're often thinking in an either-or mindset. If this is true, then this must not be true. We like to separate and box things rather than allowing them and holding them all at the same time. If you think about our world, even right now, you know, th let's think of whatever news you've read in the last few weeks. If this celebrity did this, then that's it. They are cancelled. Nothing they've ever done counts for anything cancelled. If you, not to go very political, but if you vote this, that means this is who you are as a person. If you do this, then you must believe this. If you believe this, then you are not this. If you love God, then this is what you need to do. If you, oh, you like that person and agree with what that one word they said, then this is who you are. We cannot comprehend how two things they seem to be different, can coexist. We like very much to, you know, we have created a criteria um, as a nation or as a culture, as a family, and even our own personal criteria. We have created how things need to be divided. And we have believed and allowed that things to be either in this box or in this box. And you have things that you have maybe in your own family, and maybe you have things that as a workplace, you're like, okay, well, if you do this at work, then you are not doing this. And even you as personal, you're like, oh, well, if that friend of mine does this, then they are not this. And we do that all the time. We cancel things out without even realizing, oh, well, they haven't replied to me, therefore they're not a good friend. I think being a good friend and not replying can both coexist. But somehow... We are like, no, they cannot. You haven't replied. You're not a good friend. And, you know, I could go on with the list and you might have your own things that you know. But we have an outlook on life. If this, this is true, then it implies that this is untrue. Um, but the reality is that much of our practical life must be lived like that. Obviously, you know, if I'm starting to make tea for dinner, I can either make this or this, I can't make both. Well, I could make both, but I'm not going to. We're not going to end the road. But I'm either going to make this, or I'm going to make this. Or I'm either going to make dinner, or I'm going to clean the living room. I can't really do both. I tried. It doesn't work. I can either have this job or this job. I can have this car or this car. Much of our life has to be lived in the either or. And that's okay, because we are humans and live in the world, but we're also divine beings. They are living in the spirit. And growing spiritually means that we have to move on from this place of either or to a place of both and. So we are human and spirit. 
all the time. You were born this way before you were even born. You were human in your spirit. That's how you were conceived in the Father's mind. To the extent of you are aware of that, doesn't change the fact that we are both human in spirit. Even if I don't see it or believe it, it is true. But I can live out of my humanness and out of my flesh, or I can live out of my spirit and divine nature. And just like with everything, pretty much everything good in life, there is a very good um, middle that we can be out of. So I must move on from an either-or place into an both-and. And we can measure how far along we have come in our growth and into our spiritual growing by measuring how much do we live out of this place of both-and. The truth is that we like concrete answers. I, I wrote we, but I, wrote, I started with I. I like concrete answers. But the more I talk to everyone around me, I see that we are the same. We like concrete answers. Okay, tell me what to do in this situation right now. And if you have worked here, I would like to use this as a formula from now until eternity. The end. But, we'll, but the truth is, very, very, very little in life is like that. And that's very scary. And that's a lot of hard work because it means each and every time I have to actually, you know, think and assess the situation. And as a, a, I'm speaking as a parent of three, there is a guideline of how to do certain things and how to keep a child safe, um, how to educate them, how to raise them right. There is a certain way. But then there are so very few concrete answers about how to actually do that, how to actually outwork all of that. There are too many changing factors from child to child. When our second son came along, I was like, Matthew, we have got this. We already have one. He's two. He's alive. We've got this. The second child came along and it's like, nah, I'm not going to be anything like your first one. And we were like, what? But we have all the answers and I like concrete answers. And but, but. So it was all that and I... I I didn't like it, and we didn't like it, but then we had to learn. And then the third one came along, and she's like, woohoo, I'm going to be completely different. But what we are left with is figuring it out, seeing what works and what doesn't, allowing ourselves to learn from mistakes and move on, which is something that we don't always like. Having been given, you know, um, free reign over our mind, it's sometimes it's something that we think, oh, it's amazing, I want to. If I think of my son, he's four years old, he would love to choose what to eat, what to do every day. But actually, when the choice is given, he's like, oh, that's too much. I want this and I want this. I took him for his birthday and I took him to us and I was like, choose a toy. You've got, I don't know how many much he had. And 20 minutes later, he can't choose because it's too much. And he's like, oh, but mommy, what should I get? And he went back to tell me the answer because he wanted a concrete answer. As much as he thought he wanted the freedom of... But the truth is, he had to really sit down and assess what actually he wanted. And, you know, and we like that. I like answers. I, I go to um, the people in my life that help me and advise me. I'm like, can you tell me what to do? Spoiler alert, they never do. And we do like it. But everything in life, including parenthood, would be so much easier if we had a manual that would follow step by step. And, you know, with a section in the back of troubleshooting, 
And when something doesn't going to go to according to the manual, you go there and you read and then you go back, you know. But the truth is that life is very much the opposite of that. You know, from the very beginning, God gave Adam and Eve complete freedom. He trusted them and gave them all the options. And, you know, we might think at times, well, wouldn't it have been easier to just, you know, take those two trees that were, they were not meant to do and put them far, far away? Yes, for our mind that likes concrete answer, they would have been easier. But God was, I know I love you so much that I'm not going to do anything for you. God has given us free will. He has given us wisdom and choice in all we do. The reality is that much of life is both and rather than either or. The either or outlook cannot comprehend things like God's unconditional love because our mind and limitation adds conditions to it. It can't understand his infinity, his grace, his ability to be in so many places at once, his ability to be in and out of time. My mind cannot comprehend it. I could try, I could discuss about it, I could, but there's nothing like it. But to live in and move into a place of both and is to learn to accept things that seem opposing and live from a place of holding two things that contradict each other, but not really, as you will see, and not get caught in the wrestling and of dismissing one to make room for the other. I think the opposite of rest comes when we try to decide which one's true and which one isn't. In Jesus, there is room for both, but we don't always accept that. In Jesus, there is room for anger and compassion. There is a place where love and total frustration can coexist. There is room for experiencing deep pain and deep healing at the same time. We call this concept of these two things that seem to be completely opposite. We call it a paradox. And um, I became so much more aware of the paradoxes that surround us all the time when I became a parent. Because there isn't another place in my life that I have felt two opposing thoughts as I have felt since becoming a parent. You know, I would give my life for my children. And equally, I wish to be alone some of the time. I absolutely crave peace and quiet. And the moment they go to sleep, I watch the monitor. Well, that's a paradox because you're going to think, but, but what are you doing? You know, I love them with all of my heart and I'm annoyed by the things they do daily. I want them to grow up so they can be more independent because I have put this shoe on for the millionth time today. And at the same time, I feel so robbed of time when I cannot believe that my daughter is going to be one in a couple of weeks. Those are things that sometimes I'm like, well, I surely cannot want both of these things at the same time. Surely just one can be true. But life is full of paradoxes. I haven't stopped loving my children the minute they stop being naughty. And then I discipline them. And then when we finish it all, I start loving them again. God doesn't stop loving you the minute you do something that doesn't align with his heart. He, his love is the same all the time. Two things that seem to not go together can be true at the same time. But when we start thinking that if one thing is true, then the other one must not be true, we get a little bit stuck. And there's no rest in our minds. 
two opposite thoughts can coexist. I can be a good mother and also lost my patience today. Both are true at the same time. I can be a good friend and not have seen you for the last two weeks because life got busy. I can be a good daughter and not answer my mother's phone call because I need the space right now. Both can be true at the same time. I can agree with this one politician's one point of view and not agree with everything else he does. I can not make this choice in this area and still believe that people have free choice. All those things can be true and more. But there is a battle in my mind when I don't believe that both can be true. A battle that doesn't provide me with rest, peace, or growth. A battle that just gets stuck in that. Instead of thinking, oh, well, if my friend did that, then they might not do that. Then, well, I've spent all my time deciding which one could be true, rather than loving them, being with them, being for them. The truth is, in order to grow, mature, and become more like Jesus, I must move on and live more out of a place of both and. I can be both angry and a loving mother at the same time. I can be a mother and be out working. I can be loved, a loved, forgiven daughter of the Most High King and still act out in unlovely ways at times. The wrestling in our mind when we try to decide which one is true and which one isn't is the opposite of rest. Jesus was at rest in the boat because he could see the storm and he could see where he was. He knew who he was. He knew his time wasn't then. He could hold both things at the same time. Therefore, he was at peace. When we don't give space and allow them both to be true, when we don't name them, that's when the opposite of rest comes in. I believe that a lie that we believe is that if we talk about it, if we name it, we give it power. But the exact opposite is true. Not naming it, not allowing to feel what we feel, and speaking what we feel gives it power and authority. When things are not brought to light, they have a hold on to us. Not being able to say that I really feel very annoyed by my children, but I also love them, doesn't bring me any more rest than saying it out loud. Instead of fighting and trying to decide which is true, we must learn to speak it and name it. I'm a good mother in this very moment, and I'm not with my children. Like right now, I am a good mother, but my children are nowhere near me. Both of those things are true in this moment. Not the moment they come up and I give them a snack. Right now, they are true. I am really hurt, and I am healed. Both true, both within me both coexisting rather than fighting. I am a good friend, and I have also caused pain to those around me, both true and not dismissing one another. When I make space for both, there is rest and there isn't a battle. And I find myself lately in a place of paradoxes, maybe even more since becoming a parent of three. And I find that a lot of my conversations end with, but I love my children so much, don't you know that? And I wouldn't change it for the world or, you know, things that you probably have said or have heard from people around you. 
Because at times, I'm still wrestling with these thoughts that seem to be opposing each other. But I'm really learning to find rest and peace in this place that is all within me. All that's going on right now, I'm learning to look at it, name it, and stop fighting it. So while on holiday a couple of weeks ago, I, um, I found myself writing this after feeling like I was struggling with the lack of time I have. And part of me is like, if I write it down, then it makes it very true. And I don't really, I shouldn't feel this way. We like this phrase, I shouldn't, we shouldn't. But that is such a stealer of joy, that phrase, I shouldn't. Because um, who decides what should and what shouldn't be? So I wrote this down. And I started with just all the things that I am struggling that needed to be named and not needed to be denied. So I wrote this. Do we have the next slide? It is not the time. It is not the time for my house to always be clean and all my jobs to be ticked off. It is not the time to always reply quickly to messages. It is not the time to go out spontaneously. It is not the time to stay up late watching TV. It is not the time to bake every day alone in rockets. It is not the time to travel as much as before or to look as good as before in terms of, you know, leaving the house. But it is okay to miss it and be okay with the season that I am in. Both those things can be true. I can miss it and I can be enjoying the season I am in. But then I remembered um, Job that Yet he said, yet this I call to mind. And I was like, okay, what do I need to call to mind? So I wrote this, yet this is the time for messy house and happy children. It is the time to stop what I'm doing and have cuddles. It is the time to wear mom clothes and jump in puddles. It is the time to read one more book and probably fall asleep in the middle of it. It is the time to bake together and make a mess. It is the time for early mornings and boring breakfasts. It is the time to stop mid-job, mid-thought, and enjoy my children. So I wrote those two things that seem to be opposing. Well, if you feel like this, then how can you miss this? Well, if you feel like you're missing that, how can you enjoy this? And they both are true, and they were both within me, and they both needed naming. And at the end, I just had to thank God. And I said, thank you, God, for all I have and all I am. Thank you that I am a good mother, even when I feel that I'm missing out. Thank you that you listen, and I laid all before you. These 20 minutes of journaling gave me so much rest because these thoughts were not in me, wrestling, trying to make room for one another, trying to kick each other off a platform, but rather coexisting together. I brought them into the light and bringing things to light in the light of Jesus. He's like, I know them both. I've got you. The disciples were struggling to see the calm, the rest, and the peace that Jesus had in the both. They had the choice in that moment. They could have looked at the storm or they could have looked at the G uh, Jesus. And when they looked at the storm, there was no room for Jesus' peace. They were like, well, how could he sleep? Surely you can't sleep if you see the storm. And surely if there's a storm, this can be happening. And they just allowed the wrestling of their mind to wake up Jesus. Jesus was able to see the storm and the calm. He was able to see the storm, but not overtake what he had within. 
or who he was and not let it overtake the peace that he had. And I want to finish this morning by spending a few minutes and maybe either writing it down or thinking it or praying over those thoughts that within you are wrestling. What is within you that is, well, this and this. If I do this, then I can't do this. Or maybe it might be even for somebody else. Maybe you've struggled with somebody. Well, if they do this, surely they can't do this. And that's not rest. And I want us to spend a few minutes praying and, yeah, just giving it to God. And he knows them anyway. You're not telling him something he already doesn't know. But you're telling him for your benefit rather than yours. Uh, for your benefit rather than his. He already knows it. So let's just spend a few minutes praying. This, uh, this ability to live in both and rather than either or is actually really key to get you into your future. Because you can't actually love anybody well if you live in either or. And you can't be a king or a priest either. Because you can't have compassion for somebody who's hurt a lot of people if you're living in either or. And if you think about it, we're all very complex people. And we all have all these things going around us at the same time. And it is a move we've got to make. And it is actually the only way you'll be able to grasp the depth of Jesus. Because otherwise, you'll constantly have this fight within you. But when you come to a place of understanding that two completely opposing things can be both completely true at exactly the same time, then you can be in a place where you can actually earn a rest. Because you can be doing something or feeling something that is very unrestful, and yet you can be at rest. You've got to somehow make room for it in some way, shape, or form. I was just thinking about that message and just thinking about how Jesus was secure. He knew who he was. He knew where he came from. He knew where he was going to. He knew what he was going to do. And he knew how he was going to do it. And that's a deep security. And I was just thinking, with it being Father's Day, I just wanted to pray over you all that those very things might be in us deeply. Okay? Because, because he was able to sit in the storm because of that. He knew those things. So let's just pray together. Father, we thank you so much for the example of your son, for Jesus. Lord Jesus, you knew 
who dad was. You knew where you came from, who you belonged to. You knew where you were going. You knew what you were doing, what you had to do, and how you were going to do it. And Father, I just pray right now, Father, for everybody in this house, and not only this one, but all of those that are related together, Father, and indeed all your children, Father, far and wide. The most pressing need for us all right now is that we know who we are. That we are your kids. That we know where we came from before ever we were born and conceived here. That, Father, we were with you. Father, we thank you so much that we know that everything that you do is through a giving of life and heart. Everything that you want to accomplish, Father, on the earth is through that. And Jesus, we know that you knew where you were going to. And this certainty, Father, these deep certainties, we realize, Lord, that right now, in this moment, we need to know, as you knew, these things. And Father, I ask that this house, Lord, each and every one of us, Father, all of us, Lord, all our families, all our children and our children's children, Father, that by your Spirit, you would do a deep work on the inside of us, Lord. We're crying out for it, Lord. We're crying out for it, Father, that we might know you in a way that is beyond anything we've ever known before, Father. We're asking it, Lord. We're asking it together, Lord, as a household, so that we can live in both these places, Father. We can live through the storms, but in total peace. We can live through the challenges and through the difficulties, but in absolute peace and security. Father, we're not there, but we're pressing ahead. We're reaching out, Lord. We're reaching toward that goal, Father, of knowing that resurrection life inside ourselves and that power that raised Jesus from the dead. Father, that is what we are desiring and that is what we are asking. And I thank you, Father. Let your face shine upon us, Lord. And let your life be upon us and in us and through us.